0: God, resists the proud and gives His grace to the humble. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, in the Gospel of today's Mass, places before our eyes this juxtaposition, the opposing parties of the spiritual battle, which rages around us and within each one of our souls. On the one hand, we have the sin of pride, the root of all evil, and on the other, the virtue of humility, which is the foundation of all true holiness. The Pharisee in the Gospel passage is the example of pride. And St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that, patron, uh, that pride is an inordinate desire for one's own excellence. Knowing that each one of us is more or less infected with this most detestable vice, it would do us good to reflect on the Pharisee and his demeanor and compare ourselves to him before turning our attention to the other character, the publican, and learning from him the secret to true holiness. The Gospel explicitly tells us that our Lord recounted this parable of the Pharisee and the publican to those who trusted in themselves as just and despised others. The Pharisee of the parable is the prototype, the perfect representative of the whole group. He is entirely convinced of his own justice, and full, puffed up with his own merits. and Spiritually Blind, he says, I am neither a thief nor an adulterer. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes on all I possess. This poor fool, though he sees all of his own qualities, he is blind, he is spiritually blind to the fact that he lacks the most important virtue of divine charity, which should animate all of our actions. His spiritual blindness is so great that he even goes so far as to judge and condemn others. Rather than acknowledging his own faults and failures, of which there are certainly many, he accusingly casts his eyes on the publican. I am not, as the rest of man, he says, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, as is this publican. Having no charity for his neighbor, he can have no authentic love for God. If any man say, I love God, and hateth his own brother, he is a liar." For he that loveth not his brother whom he seeth, how can he love God whom he seeth not, as Saint John tells us? Pride is this inordinate love and opinion of one's own self and one's own excellence or perceived excellence. The simple admission of our natural qualities is not pride, but a recognition of the truth of reality. It is when we attribute any of these qualities or gifts to ourselves that we make a mistake. Essentially, pride is a lie and a theft from God. The prideful man says, at least implicitly, I am a self-made man. It is thanks to myself and my hard work that I am where I have gotten. In reality, he has lost sight of that fundamental truth that we are the creatures of God to whom we owe everything, not only on the supernatural plane, but even on the natural Our lives, our talents, all that we have is a gift from his pure bounty. I am the Lord. I will not give my glory to another, says Almighty God. The Pharisee, though he goes up the temple to pray, is incapable of making the least act of love or adoration, hindered as he is by his pride. Instead of praising Almighty God and thanking him for his manifold gifts and blessings, he does nothing but extol himself. The Pharisee is unable to make a legitimate prayer because he lacks charity, humility, and is full of pride. He returns to his home condemned, not so much by God, who is always ready to work great miracles in our souls by his mercy, but by his own pride and self love, which has impeded the work of God within him. Pride can be a mortal fault when a man extols himself to such an extent that he is unwilling to admit subjection to God and his law through the fear that such subjection would harm his own excellence. Such pride is material for mortal sin because it is a contempt of God, or at least of those who stand in his place. This vice is a capital sin, for it is the root and principle of all others. From pride, all perdition took its beginning. The sin of pride can be committed in a variety of ways. Interiorly, by attributing our own good to ourselves rather than to God, in the delusion of rationalizing our own faults, in impatience when faced with the humiliations of correction and reproof, or in despising others. It can also infect our hearts by inspiring us to seek the praise and esteem of others, in paralyzing us with an anxiety as to the results of our words and actions, what will others think, in our obstinacy to get our own way and defend our opinion at all costs. It manifests itself in our constant speaking of ourselves and boasting in our own works and talents, in concealing our own but exposing the faults of others, and in criticizing those around us, especially our legitimate superiors, in our contempt and our disdain for our neighbor. In our actions, it can be seen in doing our works for the notice and praise of others and refusing to seek advice or aid in our touchiness and sensitivity when we are called into question and in our pompous vanity and efforts to take the first place. The attitude of the publican, though, is quite the opposite. He is a poor man who has the humility to acknowledge his sinfulness. Certainly, he does not yet possess that charity, which cannot coexist with sin, but he is humble and trusts in the mercy of God. O God, he prays, be merciful to me, a sinner. Where sin has abounded, grace did abound all the more, St. Paul tells us. Almighty God, the Father of mercies, who delights in the repentance of a sinner, and who tells us there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who does repentance than of 99 just. He bends down to the poor publican and justifies him, forgives him in that moment of grace, filling him with his divine love. The publican is for us the example of humility. Humility is the virtue, the opposite uh, of the uh, vicious habit of pride, which curbs man's inordinate desire for personal excellence and inclines him to recognize his own worth in its true life. Consequently, this virtue has then two functions. One, to restrain this inordinate desire for personal excellence. And secondly, to subject man to God by the recognition that all the good he possesses comes from his Creator. May the thought of the publican and this parable that our Lord has taught us help us to realize that we are not justified by our own virtues or good works, especially in this time when we look all around us and see... Um, so much manifest evil in the world, let us not be puffed up simply because of all the graces that God has given us, but rather be spurred on uh, by zeal to share all these uh, good things, to share the good news of the gospel, to share the good news of God's gift of grace with others. So let us not uh, realize that we are not justified by our own virtues, and certainly not by our empty self-seeking in comparison with others, but solely, and this is important for us to remember, solely by the grace of God and that charity which the Holy Ghost has poured into our souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.